All right, you have now joined the Gut Check Project. This is episode number 27. I'm here with your host, Dr. Kenneth Brown. I'm Eric Rieger. It's 2020. We're in a new decade. This is unbelievable. So that's interesting. Some people will say that the decade does not begin on years that end in zero. Because when Mm. the calendar started, there was no year zero. It was, let's have a year. This is year one. So lots of people end up saying technically a decade doesn't start to the ones, but nobody talks that way. When you say the roaring 20s, it started 1920. So I'm on board with you. I think this is the beginning of a new decade. How did you, I mean, how could you say when you were born when it was BC? We were like, I'm, I'm minus 20. Yep. That's pretty much what they did. Is that what they did? Yeah. They would just lock up. In 745 years, they will begin to count. <laughs> I think it's uh, I think it's how it went down. Is that how the whole yeah the whole calendar went down? It's like, all right, everybody, we're starting over. Yeah, y'all are gonna love this. <laughs> There's gonna be a messiah. We're gonna start counting. It's gonna be great. I love it. Well, today's episode, of course, is brought to you by Atron Teal, developed by the guy right across the table from me. Atron Teal is a daily source of polyphenols to address issues of symptoms related to IBS, as well as definitely bloating. You know what I'm really getting into also is all the new information coming out with polyphenols in sports performance. Talking about how polyphenols actually can improve blood flow by increasing nitric oxide. I can't wait till we can start working with some endurance athletes and start testing them to see if we can get some new PRs in some of these people. 100%. If you're running some marathons. If you think about it, if you're an endurance athlete, um, like a triathlete or something, you know, I, I got my good friend Ron Tribendus who has his own podcast also tremendous uh, chiropractor, and he's like high-level uh, performance and all that. He actually sells Atron Teal. But uh, we were talking about that, that, you know, he gets so many of his clients that he trains and that are his patients that when they start training for these triathlons and these marathons and they're taking in all that goo and the high-fructose t- stuff to try and – or not even just the fructose-based sugars to try and gain fuel from it, that's when they start having GI distress. I feel like we can help all those people. Definitely. It's interesting that you bring that up right off the bat because uh, at CPSDA, and the reason why this is important is Atron Teal is chock full of polyphenols. That's where the magic is. So that's why discussing Atron Teal leads us to talking about athletes. And when I was at CPSDA about a year and a half ago, Joe uh, Botel. The PhD, yeah. PhD from uh, Exeter University over in uh, in Europe. She came over and they've done extensive research on multiple different uh, research opportunities where they've shown that daily polyphenol intake and athletes will decrease recovery time, increase blood flow, just as you pointed out, increase nitric oxide production. These are things that serious athletes love to know. And it's, guess what? It's natural. Um, Even more importantly, though, you can always say, get rest or eat polyphenols or have some fruits. But ultimately when someone wants to do it, it's how much. And she was able to show that, uh, pre, no, I'm sorry. Uh, proanthocyanidins at 1000 milligrams per day was an optimal dose for active athletes. So, um, anyhow, if you wanted to get that, I mean, what would I have to eat if it was like cherries or something? If you wanted to have that, this was her example. It's awesome. She showed that you would probably have to have four to five bowls of cherries or blueberries, good fruits. Unfortunately, there's a lot of high fructose or not high fructose. There's a lot of fructose that's in there. And serious athletes oftentimes don't want to overload their daily sugar, even if it happens to occur naturally. Now that separate debate, but she, she quickly pointed out that if you could consume proanthocyanidins that did not have high fructose content, you would have something magical. And it just so happens that Atron Teal, four capsules, roughly equals 1,000 milligrams of proanthocyanidin. I've actually had a lot of patients tell me that they do better. Oh, one thing we're going to start doing in 2020, and we're going to go back. Let's just do a little disclaimer here. Although I am a real doctor. Yeah. Do not take this as medical advice for that weird rash or that unusual extra toe growing out or something. Go see a doctor. Don't listen to us. We're here to have fun possibly educate a little bit, but more importantly, help everyone to discover some new things because that's what we want to do. We want to find new things in the literature, new things that are coming out and make sure that everyone can biohack in the way that we have tested on ourselves. So Definitely. So find Atron Teal at A-T-R-A-N-T-I-L.com or lovemytummy.com is much easier to remember. 
forward slash KBMD. Uh, Autron Teal, lovemytummy.com forward slash KBMD. Not just for bloating. It's also for athletes. It's really for everyone. It really is. And so that's, uh, I'm at, it's, it, this is fun. In fact, this brings me up to something because I just shot a video for this. We have a new website that is launched. Finally. Finally. So go to kbmdhealth.com. Check it out. Give us your feedback. There's going to be a video there where I kind of get into the things that I like. The things that I like are biohacking, CBD, Atrantil with polyphenols, and making sure that you can have access to some of the best vetted supplements, meaning a lot of the stuff that people are buying may not actually benefit you or may have something dangerous in it. In fact, there was, um, I need to find out what she had, but there was a news article here in the DFW Metroplex of a very unfortunate 23-year-old who was taking some woman's multi-weight management. They didn't say the name of the product or what was in it. Sure. But unfortunately, they believe that that actually caused Dilly, drug-induced liver injury. So that's one of the things um, when I've had patients come in and you find out that they're on a supplement, but that supplement is not third-party tested or that supplement is coming in from someplace else. Anything can happen to anybody. I understand that you can have a bad reaction, you can have an allergic reaction to something, but make sure that you're at least, if you're going out trying some different things, um, to make sure it's third-party tested, which is why we have the KBMD health subscription box. Yeah, we definitely. You, you can find that health subscription box prominently located on the right side of the new kbmdhealth.com. I think it looks so nice. You did an excellent job. I did not do that. That was, <laughs> that was the help of Stephen and people that understand how to build websites so our bad website that we had before was me, and we've moved over to a real one. Which is an awesome website for a CRNA. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> so if you want me to build a home, and you want to say, I got a home built by a CRNA, and it may or may not have a door that closes, you should totally ask me to do it. But otherwise, uh, no, Stephen and Drew and Mark did a great job, I think, putting together a pretty cool, easy-to-understand website. And... Uh, just so that everyone knows, there are new pieces going to be added as time goes along. We have a large repository of CBD information that's going to be added to the website. We've got ways for people to access videos where they can get educated on on things that may not have anything to do specifically with polyphenols or CBD. We've, there's a lot of things that are going to add to the site that will be easy to find. This is so exciting because we've done so much background work of trying to set the store up, trying to do different things. Now we can start really interact with everybody. We want this to be a community. One of the things that can lead to disease is the feeling of loneliness. So if you're feeling lonely, might as well join this community. Hit us up. Say, hey, I read this article on this. Can you look into it? And that's kind of what I want this podcast to grow into where we can – sort of play. We can vet stuff. We can get new stuff out there. We can get people communicating. Look at all our patients that show up. And they're like, hey, watch your show. I would like to come on and talk about this. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Happens that's... happens more often than I would have expected, especially uh, as, as early as we've been doing this. Oh, you know, another way we're going to get a lot more people here, um, our our friend Dan Clark, brain.fm. Yes. So we, uh, we have this, we have been fortunate enough to meet this incredibly intelligent uh, CEO named Dan Clark, who was named, I think, uh, 30 Under 30 in Forbes. Forbes, yeah. yeah. Well, they have a app that when you put headphones on, does something called neural phase locking, neural phase locking, which some people confuse it with binaural beats like I did. But what it does is it stimulates various areas of your brain. So you can calm down or wake up. I actually, when I, I actually use it to go to sleep and I use it to wake up. And that's when you and I were talking and we're going to start out seeing if this can help calm down my patients before colonoscopy and help them wake up quicker. So if you're listening to this and you need a colonoscopy, you can be part of something really cool. It's no, it's, it's just headphones and music. So it's not dangerous. It's going to be really cool. And we're going to get some really neat data out of this. When we tried it on our first eight patients, they all loved it. They all loved it. Uh, there was it wasn't just uh, an absence of complaints. It was really just robust compliments and thanks so much for letting me be a part of it. Can you imagine if you're sitting in the waiting room of a of a dentist's office or something that you really don't like or your gynecologist or whatever it is? I'm, I'm using doctors, but this could be the IRS or whatever. Putting some headphones on and taking yourself down and calming from the brain, which will then tell the cortisol to decrease and everything will calm down. It will be all good. That's it. That's a whole new level of science, which I'm super excited about because there's really no side effects. It's music. It's just music. And it's actually really, really cool. Based on science. Music based on science with functional MRIs and everything. They've got some studies where they showed a, the relaxation scores of people that have listened to the most 
quote unquote relaxing music or right. deemed the most relaxing. And then the control was Coldplay, which I thought was really funny in their study. <laughs> and then they had them listen to Brain.fm. And unequivocally, uh, all the people that had Brain FM felt much more relaxed. So there is some really cool science to this. Now we're just going to add some objective data, and maybe we'll be able to get some patients that absolutely love it. This is this could be the future of what we're going to do. You use less medicines. Uh, my patients are happier, and it's a win-win-win for everybody. Anything that we can do to make the experience of going in for an elective procedure or any really any stressful situation, but if we know that we can help people feel better, why not try it? And it's just sound. So we know we're not causing pain or harm. So I'm going to, uh, like, I'm trying to get my kids with this where if they are um, getting ready to, like, so my kids play tennis, which is where the family is right now. They're in Florida, winter nationals. In fact, Lucas, I think, is in the throes of a match right now. He's still in it. They've been there since last Thursday. Right on. Yeah, they've been there for a full week. So the, you know, you go home when you lose. And he did, he's out of the main draw. He'd lost in a really tough third set battle. But mentally came back and has won three more matches, which is, which I think is the coolest thing. When you yes. lose, to not just let your give up right there. But um, and so he uses, he actually uses my account on Brain FM. Don't tell Dan that we're sharing an account. <laughs> um, he uses my account for whenever he studies, and so he likes that. So yeah, I think that that's a, I think it's super exciting. So what's going on? Oh, how were your holidays? Holidays were great. We had a, we had a family in town for uh, for Christmas to to come visit. We cooked steaks. We chilled out. We um, I mean, we, we saw everyone. We saw everyone on my side of the family, on Marie's side of the family. It was it was a lot of fun. The boys, though, obviously, just like Lucas and Carla, they had basketball tournaments. Um, Mac had a great tournament for the uh, junior varsity. They really played up uh, for the JV. They played bigger schools. They ended up closing out their last game. They won by 30. Won by 30. Wow. Yeah. So uh, they were really happy with uh, being able to close up the tournament with that. Uh Mac and his whole team. I mean, they're they're really preparing to next year. They'll all be on varsity. So uh, he he and his brother get along great. He just wants to be able to contribute just like his older brother did, who actually competed in one of the nation's longest, I think the top four or top five longest running high school basketball tournaments. And that's the Whataburger tournament. And um, Gage's Decatur Eagles, second year in a row, won the whole tournament. And Gage was named uh, all tournament. So, yeah, Go Gage! Yeah, he, he played he played really well. Super proud of both of the boys. It's, I mean, it's just you, it's fortunate to have to have these opportunities with your kids. I, I wasn't an athlete like that, so it's just so much fun to watch them work so hard and achieve, and they do it as a team for for them. You're not concerned that uh, Gage is going to turn out to be like Al Bundy sitting on a couch talking about his. 2019 glory year of basketball when we, he's like 45. We 50. talk about it every night to make sure he doesn't do it. We, <laughs> Don't be Al Bundy. Yeah, we we use the Brain FM uh, anti-Bundy uh, <laughs> music track. Yeah, we have to make sure that he continues to succeed in other areas. He committed to Texas Tech, so that's a good start. Yeah, he's going to play there intramural, but he'll play there. There we go. There we go. Well, let's uh, let's get into it. So we yeah. Well, I got one other thing that's super cool over the holidays. Oh, by the way, I'm one and a half days into my five day fast. I'm starting the year with a fast. Nice, good yeah. for you. Yeah. So we're that's where I'm at. Got my got my uh, water, tea, broth kind of thing. Just gonna try and do that. Just do liquid fast. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Speaking of fasting, uh, got a really cool contact. Do you remember Melanie Avalon podcast? Intermittent fasting podcast. I definitely remember Melanie. Super cool person, very smart. Um, you know, crushes it on the on the whole podcast scene. Well, she contacted me, and she has a new app out. Oh no! Yeah, really cool. An app called the Food Sense Guide. Now, I need a favor from you. Okay. Um, it's a searchable, comprehensive guide to over three hundred plus foods for general levels of different things like the amines, FODMAPs, glutamates, gluten, histamine, lectins, oxalates, salicylates, sulfites, and so on. If you don't know what any of those are, it's because you're very fortunate and you don't have to worry about what you eat. But that world is my patients. They yeah. come in and we talk about diet. So now this is going to be really cool. I'll be able to help Melanie out, put my patients on it. Unfortunately, it's not on Android yet. And I got a Google Pixel. So I'm going to have you download it and then we're going to play with it and then we're going to post a review for her. And if anybody else wants to download that, it's the, um, what did I say it was? It's the Food Sense Guide on um, the iTunes. It's for iPhones only now, so take a look at it. If you've got food sensitivity or anything like that, or your doctor has said try FODMAP, or you just want to try some different things, it's a great start. Food Sense Guide, S-E-N-S-E? -S -E? Yeah, Food Sense Guide. 
Food Sense Guide. Yeah, download that for Melanie. She she runs a great podcast, actually two different podcasts, and she does an awesome job of keeping her audience up to date with uh, the latest information. So I I feel completely comfortable and going ahead and recommended it as we try it. Absolutely, and we'll get uh, we'll. we'll eventually get a code for everybody that maybe we can get a code so that they can get a little discount or something. Who knows? Awesome. Um, let's start the new year out. I'm going to ask you a question. I'm ready. I want you to be honest. Okay. Do you use your phone when you're in the bathroom? Much like our uh, mascot here, Gutsy. Mm-hmm. Do you use your phone like him when you're in the bathroom? As much as I want to say no, that's not true. Well, as it turns out, you are not alone. I didn't think I was. Different studies have shown that up to 75% of Americans do this. So next time you're scrolling through mm-hmm. on your Instagram mm-hmm. and you see that sexy Instagram model picture, there's a good chance she's sitting on the toilet while doing that, <laughs> while she's posting it. <laughs> think about that for a moment. That's where the work. That's where the work's done. That's where that's that's what they're saying is that, my, that many uh, a lot of the Instagram posts and everything are probably done when people have a little alone time when they've they've taken their photo shoots and then it's time to upload it. So. It's funny that they say probably with the uh, with the GPS stuff that you give up just by using those apps. They probably know that that's where you. <laughs> well, are. they certainly know for sure um, on twenty percent of the people that do it because twenty of Americans have admitted to dropping their phone in the toilet. Oh, and I've not done that. 20%. Yeah, I'm in the other four out of five. I have not done that. And I don't know that I would reach in to grab it. <laughs> that just may be it. I think that's why um, I think that's why the new iPhone is bragging so much about being waterproof. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what the commercial should be. It should be an Instagram model that drops in the toilet and she's like, eh, grabs it and pulls it up. Keeps going. No, I don't, I don't think it should be that. They may make one like that. But. <laughs> <laughs> now, wait a minute. As a gastroenterologist, I encourage everyone to, when you sit on the toilet, I want you to snap, tweet, Facebook, Insta, play words with friends, or whatever it is that people do. Buy Atrantil online through, you know, through the website, and you can do any of that. Because when you sit on that toilet for a long time, you're going to create hemorrhoids. Oh, yeah. And I love hemorrhoids. Yeah. I love treating hemorrhoids. Yeah. So um, I encourage everyone to go ahead and do that. Wait, almost everyone. Almost. I'm not going to encourage my employees to do it. No. No, you probably wouldn't because that would run up a bill on the opposite end of having to care for it. Well, it would also run up the, it, it would also decrease the productivity. Yeah, probably so. And leave it up to the Brits to figure this part out. What's that? Well, this is all leading up to a study. I was actually going somewhere with all this. I know you're looking at me like, why are you focusing on the phone and the toilet so much? Well, I mean, yeah, I was, but I was, I was, I was genuinely interested. So let me ask you. In the UK, it's estimated that the lack of productivity due to extended toilet breaks mm-hmm. is costing the United Kingdom $7.5 billion a year. $7.5 billion? Yeah. So you're the... Um, Chancellor, Emperor uh-huh. of, of England. Is it Emperor now or what is it? It's a uh, Guardian. Guardian? Yeah. Okay. Something like that. That's because I'm wearing my Guardian of the Galaxy. That's shirt. exactly where I got that from. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I want to know, Eric Rieger, what would you do if you were president of the United States and you say we can we can improve our our overall bottom line by getting people to get off their phones while they're in the bathroom? What would I do about mm-hmm. it? Oh my goodness! I, oof. if uh, I, I honestly, I just don't even have a, a smart aleck answer. I don't even know <laughs> scramblers. I'm not really sure. Well, I was thinking about that also because I'm like, where's where's this article going? Where they're talking about people, um, 7.5 billion dollars being lost. Like every time you know you go to the bathroom, you just go ching. It seems like a lot, though. It seems like a lot. It seems like overkill, and it seems like there's. So, as it turns out, there was a, who is now CEO of a company, a British uh, designer was waiting to use the restroom at a truck stop while waiting for stalls to open up. And what he noticed is that all these guys were coming out holding their phones. And he was getting super annoyed because he had to use the bathroom. Sure. And everything was taking a long time. Yeah. So, it occurred to him that this is probably going on at work. So, he designed a toilet that slants eight 
to 13 degrees down. You know what? I saw this. You did? I saw the de- yeah, I saw the design. It looks like it was very uncomfortable to sit there for a really long time. <laughs> Is that right? They purposely built a toilet so it's uncomfortable to sit in. Actually, what it does is, and you can choose. So if you're a like if, if you're a, a nice boss, you just do eight degrees. You do thirteen degrees, and what it does, it makes you kind of stand up, so your quads burn. So you have all these. Now you're gonna start seeing all kinds of Instagram models with giant quads and just big legs. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's gonna move from the Kardashian bottom to the uh, to the Insta thighs, and they look like they could. Uh, leg press a thousand pounds but so it's making them uncomfortable what's your thoughts on that uh, man i don't know um uh, it it's interesting i don't think that you can i think where we where we are right now is we've just identified a uh in terms of the employer a time waste is what they feel like but i feel like that people have been finding ways to waste time since the dawn of time i don't know that you're really gonna <laughs> curve anything. In fact, I would say that there are probably some who still try to remain productive by answering email. I mean, I don't know if they're calculating their 7.5 billion on that of those who just continue oh. to answer texts or email. I'm just throwing it out there. Oh yeah. Know. That wasn't taken into account. Maybe it's more productive for some people. Yeah. I mean, it, it probably really could be, but yeah. the, but you're saying like since the dawn of time, what were those people that would send telegraphs? Do you think the guy would like take it into the bathroom and go, yeah, he got an extension. He had yeah. a little extension cord and just went in there. And it's been going on since the dawn of time, is what beetle, you're saying. beetle wherever he was <laughs> to do that. Is that the correct word for a, a guy from Western Union? In yeah, exactly. Days? It's the Western Union person I'm thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly. I don't know. I mean, a, a slanted toilet, though. I mean, for those who don't waste time in the in the bathroom, it seems like a disservice to them to have to be on an uncomfortable toilet. So it got me thinking a little bit. So I just found the article kind of funny, and I thought it'd be interesting to, to talk about here. But now let's science it up a little bit. So the reality is what they're doing is they're actually – so there is something called the optimal angle of defecation. Wouldn't that be undoing that? It's undoing it. Yeah. So it's going to be counterproductive. Yes, they might be off their phones, but they're not going to have an effective bowel movement. Sounds to me like they won't evacuate as well. Uh-uh. And it'll take them longer to evacuate. Multiple, leading Multiple trips. Multiple trips leading to more hemorrhoids and things like that. So the whole concept of, oh, I'm just going to make this uncomfortable – is going to completely backfire. In fact, in 2011, I did a whole blog on this. If you go to kennethbrownmd.com, I did a blog on the angle of defecation. And what they did is some Japanese scientists, they took people and they, well, it's unfortunate, but they took medical students and they actually put uh, radio opaque uh, paste in their bottoms so that they could watch them defecate. Mm-hmm. And then they had them do this multiple times with various angles. So they did, it was like an engineering type thing where you can see the perfect angle. And the reason why we need a certain angle is that we have muscles down there. One of them called the puborectalis muscle. And when it doesn't completely relax, well, you can end up having a very ineffective bowel movement. Mm -hmm. So when I talk to my patients, I say, do you get the urge to go to the restroom? They say, yes. Uh, When you go to the restroom, do you feel that you are fully evacuated? They're like, no, I have to strain a lot. Are they constipated or is, and by constipation meaning, are you just not getting the urge? But when you have the urge and you can't get it out, in my mind, that's not constipation. That is an evacuation issue. That is pelvic floor dyssynergy is what the actual medical term is. Wow. So there's little tricks to fix that. And it's the exact opposite of what this toilet is. The first trick is to actually get your knees above your hips. That's how squatty potties making a living. Sure, right. They're getting people to do that. That's what they do. And then if you lean slightly forward, what they figured out is you get that muscle to kind of come out of the way. One of the things is, I started really thinking about this. And the reason why I wrote the blog is because one of my patients said, hey, whenever I go camping, I don't ever feel constipated. Yeah. Why is that? I'm like, do you dig a hole in the ground? She goes, yeah. Yeah, because I go camping. She goes camping a lot. She's like, and you dig a hole in the ground, you're squatting. So we're one of the few countries, well, now England for sure, but we're one of the few countries, um, well, I just take that back. Western countries use toilets, but most of the countries that don't use above-ground toilets do not have hemorrhoid or constipation issues. No, they're an optimal defecation pose. They're an optimal defecation pose. So I just thought it was kind of interesting that somebody would go around and, and purposely build a toilet. And then I started thinking of all my patients that have like serious issues, Crohn's. Colitis, oh irritable bowel. That is unfair. Bacterial. Oh, it's, it's it, it was described by a couple of people on Twitter as a dystonia, a dystonia era in the bathroom. Yeah, I mean, 
somebody's always going to go a little too far, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, so what were alternatives be? I, I've noticed that there are certain bathrooms that maybe only have like one or two stalls and oftentimes because they aren't frequented, they'll have the motion detector. And I've heard stories of people saying that they, they knew they were in there too long because the motion detector timed out and they were in there and the light went <laughs> off, you know? So, I mean, I think there are other, there are other ways that won't actually hamper your natural ability to use the bathroom, but maybe would get your attention that you've been there too long, whether it be lights off, you know, clicking off or maybe a bell if the lock on the stall door has been engaged for too long or who knows what. You know what? Uh, I, something that might work also. Did you see that YouTube video of Mark Rober with the exploding um, glitter bomb for the porch porch pirates? Uh, oh, yeah, I did. <laughs> the, 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 the the parcel box that just basically shredded and, and sprayed. And sprays glitter, glitter yeah. for, for people that, uh, that actually steal it. It's a, yeah. I mean, he's gotten tons of. Notoriety on yeah, this. He's been that. on Jimmy Kimmel and a bunch of other things. Just little mini little things that have a timer that so when people walk out, they've got glitter on their face. Like, oh, <laughs> a little too long, huh? <laughs> it's the Mark Rober bathroom of bathroom optimizer. Yeah. I mean, it seems, <laughs> again, it seems aggressive for somebody who may actually have a legitimate issue. But, I mean, you probably could be a little bit more inventive than creating a disadvantage for everyone that needs to use your, your toilet. Yeah. I thought that was kind of an interesting way to start that out is, the year. If you I, show up to your job and you're like, anybody just seen those toilets yet? Well, when I saw that, uh, I mean, I almost think it was a, a YouTube TV news story or something like that because well, regardless, it doesn't matter. I saw it over the holiday, but I thought it was a joke. So I didn't think it was real. I, I saw, but I, I saw them showing the plane and then the, uh, the angle down of the, of the toilet drawn there. But I, I had no idea that that was a serious solution uh, proposed by somebody. I thought it was, I thought they were being silly. Yeah. So it is pretty silly anyway. Lead line them so that you can't get Wi-Fi or a phone signal? Yeah. I mean, that that would probably be the quickest expediter and, and would filter the right people out, right? Oh, they'll die from lead poisoning eventually. <laughs> <laughs> but That'll you, filter them. But yeah, but I mean, you, you would definitely filter the, the, the right people out because you wouldn't have, you were to at least have a scrambler because you could... The people who are legitimately need to be in there for a long time are going to be there no matter what. And then the people that were wanting to play on the phone couldn't access their phone. Yeah, but in, in all seriousness, it is it is a really big deal in my field, hemorrhoids, rectal bleeding. If you do this, go to YouTube and take a look at our rectal bleeding video so that you're not too concerned. And um, and then we can, if you're local, make an appointment to fix those hemorrhoids. Yeah, we got a cool ebook coming out here pretty soon that we'll be able to make public. And yeah. uh, that'll be... Not only will it have a couple of suggestions for solutions that you can participate in, but pretty soon it will have more than one option. Yeah. And uh, can't really talk about it today, but uh, I'm excited about that. Awesome. What else you got on your mind? I really don't. I mean, we're starting off a new year, new year for everyone, and uh, it's 2020. I think it's got a lot of cool plays on uh, on words. It was pointed out to me early this morning that just as a quick PSA, if you're writing a check, or something that requires the date for you to have written in normally in the past. You may have written October 3rd, 2019 is slash 19. You probably want to go ahead and write out the 2020. Oh, yeah. Because somebody else could misdate for whatever advantage that they may have. If you happen to write a 20, somebody else could follow in and put a 1-8 or a 1-9 oh, yeah. as a trailer on there and possibly do something to a document. Just a little anecdotal has nothing to do with today, but then again, it does. So maybe just to protect yourself, write out 2020. I don't know. I have no idea if there's any legitimacy to that or not, but uh, it's interesting. So we are, that is Eric's public service announcement. 2020 of the day. Looking forward. Our I wish I had one of those little shooting star things that you know. The more you know. Yeah, the more <laughs> you know. From NBC. <laughs> Eric's the more you know segment. <laughs> Maybe Paul will give us a little wind chime or something right there. <laughs> um, to look, you you want to get nerdy for a moment? Let's do it. All right. So there's a, there's been a lot going on in the news. A lot of stuff has been published that we haven't had a chance to talk about. Something I came across that is a passion of mine. You know that one of my big things, I there are epidemics going on right now. And we know that autism is an epidemic. We know that autoimmune is increasing. Well, the other one that I'm you know, really want to fix because I feel like you spend a whole life loving, hurting, living, seeing things, collecting memories, and then dementia and Alzheimer's sets in. To me, that's one of the most uh, horrific diseases that are going on. And it's 
exponentially increasing. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of confusion as to, or there's a lot of reasons as to why. But a recent study just came out of University of Berkeley. It was, this was in December 2019. Um, it came on, out of the Journal of Science and Translational Medicine. What they did is they looked at essentially senile mice, and they're trying to figure out what made some of these mice. And they were giving them different markers to see if they could create neuroinflammation or brain inflammation. Well, as it turns out, even if they looked, as the mice aged, almost all of them started having decreased cognition, especially fed, fed on the typical human uh, or Western diet. Yeah. The, the American diet. I think I know where we're going. So very interesting. What they did is they talked about this in a very unique way. I've never heard of of scientists going down this path. And this is University of Berkeley. This is, you know, these, these are legit people that are finding something. They had their aha moment that you and I have talked about a bunch. What they found is we used to think, or the trend right now, not we used to, because the current trend is, is that the aged brain um, ages in the same way that everything else does. You have neurodegeneration. You have less nerve cells. You've got uh, decreased capacity to learn more and all these other things. There are some people that believe it's microinfarction. There are some people that believe that it's amyloid plaques. But either way, your nerve function is decreasing. So age involves loss of function and dead cells, generally speaking, which is how we age. Sure. But there's new data to tell a totally different story about why the aged brain is not functioning well. It is because of the fog of inflammatory load. Makes sense. And my, we always talk about this. We Patients do. that come in with irritable bowel, bacterial overgrowth, they're like, man, I'm not right. I'm in a brain fog. Now we realize that that brain fog could potentially be an inflammatory load. In this mouse model, they're showing that. So when you remove that inflammatory fog, they call it the inflammatory fog. When you remove that inflammatory process within days, the brain starts acting like a young brain. That's impressive that they've been able to kind of morally, uh, morally, more establish this connection because it wasn't that long ago that we were, before we even started the podcast, having that discussion that if you have a leaky gut, more or less, it's probably correlating with a leaky brain, right? So if you have permeability issues in your gut, the chances are it's a systemic issue and it's occurring at what they call the blood-brain barrier, which protects your brain. 100%. Um, I, I think it is interesting that you brought up morally because unlike the gavage mm. uh, study that we talked about a few weeks ago uh -huh. about the CBD just gavaging tube down the mouse and just pouring buckets of it, these guys are actually waking or like helping these mice out. They're like, hey, look, you've got a young brain now. <laughs> <laughs> so um, more and more research is showing that with age, the filtration system, that's that blood-brain barrier. Uh, prevents molecules or infectious organisms from the blood leaking into the brain. This is the blood-brain barrier, like I was saying. Over time, in fact, they were showing that after the age of 70, it becomes more and more leaky, letting in chemicals that cause inflammation and a cascade, which ultimately creates this brain fog, which ultimately does lead to cell death. So after age 70, nearly 60% of adults have a leaky brain barriers. I'll say that again. After age 70, nearly 60% of adults have a leaky blood-brain barrier. And this is uh, according to some really cool things. This is a uh, MRI studies where they're looking at this. This is functional MRI studies. So it isn't just, you know, we can't really get in there and biopsy the brain and do these different things. So the inflammatory fog induced by leaky blood-brain barrier alters the mouse's normal rhythms and in these mice, this is fascinating. And I'll say it again because my patients come in and they're like, I'm not right. I just feel like I'm just not firing on all cylinders. They showed in these mice, the very first signs of this are micro seizure-like events, little tiny little seizures. It's not, a tonal, it's, it's not a total seizure where your body does, just in these little areas. Sure. So it's like momentary lapses in the normal rhythm within the hippocampus. Interesting. All right. So now think about this. We talked early on about the neural phase programming mm. or neural phase locking. Mm -hmm. So the brain is an electrical impulse. Everything comes down to this. This study shows that when you have leaky brain caused most likely by leaky gut, 
that you're going to have an electrical impedance problem, which they're detecting through EEG or different processes as micro seizures. So everything comes down to electricity in the brain. So it's, it's really interesting that I, I wonder if the science and neural phase locking could get to the point where you could counteract some of the seizures that are going on. That's a whole separate discussion, but it just gets you thinking. It's like, hmm. It does get you thinking, but it also makes me wonder a couple of different questions. Um, one, uh, would, how would a lay person be able to identify if they had a micro seizure? Two would be, how do I control inflammation? Because it sounds to me like um, concentrated inflammation is putting me at risk of, of developing these issues or being a part of the 70% over 70 having these problems, right? And then uh, three, the people that don't or the mice that didn't show that they had these breakdowns in their blood-brain barrier, were they without significant inflammation I mean, universally? So were they com comparing these two and showing that uh, we had uh, people or mice that didn't have inflammation and they didn't exhibit these problems. You see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So, or, and then I guess the fourth would be, um, would that number be as high in a country that didn't consume a traditional Western diet every day and maybe had more polyphenols or Mediterranean-style diet? Very interesting. In fact, I was just looking at this, not to get off topic. I'm going to finish this, yeah. and then we're going to talk about that because okay. I watched a Netflix thing that I want to just briefly hit on because okay. I'm really confused. Is it The Office? <laughs> no? Okay. Um, when you have this, these little micro-seizures, what they found in these mice is it produced some of the same symptoms seen in diseases like Alzheimer's. And they were able to show with EEGs, really sensitive EEGs, that's what neurologists will put the, all those little wires yeah. attached to a head, yeah. and they can see if somebody's seizing. They could see this in really tiny little levels. They revealed very similar wave disruption, or they were showing a paroxysmal slow wave event. Literally, the inflammation was slowing your brain waves down. Yeah. All my patients that go, I'm just not on. Something's off. Their brain is being slowed. It's like trying to go through molasses as it's trying to conduct a current. So in a normal human with epilepsy, with cognitive dysfunction, they can actually show that um, there's mild cognitive impairment. So even if you're not having the seizures, they can actually show that you could probably function at a higher level if you can get that fixed. Sure. So what's really cool about this paper is you were saying, how do I know that this is happening? Right. Well, this is the first time ever. The, these, the reason why I think this is a seminal article is because the papers give doctors two biomarkers. These two biomarkers um, are leaky barriers detectable by MRI and abnormal brain rhythm detectable by EEG. What they've been able to show is even in humans, young brain to old brain, they can show the um, leakiness of it or the permeability and then they can show where that's happening, that there's increased micro-seizure activity going on. It's really fascinating because what this allows it to do is, it, is a tool to say, oh, I mean, that would be awesome if I could, my patients were to come in and I'm like, look, we're trying to figure out if you've got leaky gut due to bacterial overgrowth or whatever. And remember, nobody's been saying leaky. I mean, I've been saying leaky for five years and people were laughing at me. And now you've got people like at the Mayo saying leaky gut. Now you've got these guys saying leaky brain. I mean, clearly we're just defining something that inflammation is bad. If you can keep inflammation out of your brain in any way possible, and that includes trauma and that includes drugs, alcohol, all that stuff, you're just going to be better off. 100%. I can remember we, we tried to find uh, five years ago if, if leaky gut was anything that anybody was searching for. And at that time, the answer was no. And now it's everywhere. Yeah. So it's applicable. Yeah. And so uh, what's, what's really cool is, you know, you can imagine if I could take um, these, I could take a patient and say, oh, you've, you're having leaky brain, much like checking a low density lipoprotein or an, uh, all the other cholesterol markers that we do to try and predict if you're going to have a heart attack. If I can get in there and go, okay, you're having some leaky brain and some inflammatory process going on in your, in, in your brain. You're 40 years old. We need to stop this. And we now have a marker where we can do this through change in diet, protecting your gut, taking the polyphenols, things like that. Then we can show that that's going to decrease. And then you're doing a preventative thing for dementia. Yeah. Super cool. Now, these guys are going to take it one step further. And they're not, I don't blame them. 
but they're um, they've come together, raised some money, and they're going to try and develop a drug to seal the blood brain barrier. Okay, makes sense. I mean, you know, you figured that out. They want to slow and reverse this. They have started this company to develop a drug to heal the blood brain barrier for clinical treatment. Now, that being said, I'm a little bit biased because I believe that the inflammation doesn't start in the brain. Can't it? Can't. It's not like the something has to be out of the brain. Think about this for a moment. And they didn't get into this at all. They didn't talk gut at all. Right. To cross the blood-brain barrier, you must be coming from outside of the brain. Definitely. So the blood, something in the blood is inflammatory, goes into your brain, and your brain reacts to it, and then you have the fog or the heaviness of inflammation. So, And, and this is not an... And just- just for the listeners, uh, the blood-brain barrier itself is not a new concept. We have drugs that we know that do and do not cross the blood-brain barrier that apply to all kinds of, of different uh, diseases or anesthesia that we use with patients. Yeah, as an anesthesia provider, this is this is your world. Yeah, absolutely. Because your job is to get those drugs past that. 100%. So that you can calm the brain down. Yeah, I mean, and there there are uh, some anticholinergics that we know that do and technically do not cross the blood-brain barrier, but every now and then in an aged patient, some of those that we felt like shouldn't cross the blood the blood-brain barrier, I can I can still remember looking back and us going, well, we didn't think we would get that response with this, but we also weren't talking about leaky brain a decade ago. We weren't talking in in those terms, and it, it's kind of exciting because I think that we're rounding a corner, really understanding the systemic effect of bad gut health and how it actually affects the entire body. What's, so one of, the, one of the problems I run into in traditional medicine is when I talk to my colleagues, they'll be like, oh, I haven't seen a study on that. And you want some water there? Yeah, I can get some. Um, they'll say, well, I haven't, seen, I haven't seen a clinical trial on this. And the, the only way that clinical trials can get done on these kind of things is to go through either a huge NIH grant to have a big pharmaceutical company pay for something like this. But what you need to do is look at the objective data, like this mouse study here. Right. We're not talking whether a drug can do stuff. What we're showing is that there is a comparative analysis between a young mouse and a young human, and you do this functional MRI study, and an old mouse and an old human, and you show the intestinal permeability, or I'm sure you show the blood-brain permeability and you can show that there's a cognitive decline. So we can agree, if we can agree that, and if I'm talking to even a skeptic, it'll be like, well, I don't believe in that, the blood barrier. But we know, you just said, the blood-brain barrier is a selective barrier. Yep. The gut-blood barrier, so the gut barrier, the tight junctions, is a selectively permeable barrier. Yep. Permeable. Its job is to let certain things in, keep certain things out. When you disrupt this, it can allow too many things in. So... Let's start with the gut, and let's just assume that you have something happened, infection, drugs, bacterial overgrowth, and it causes an inflammatory response. Different things like zonulin show up, which lead to some intestinal permeability. Then that turns on your inflammatory cascade, and now you've got these little inflammatory markers floating around the blood. These guys believe that they can develop a drug that will actually block TNF-beta, I mm-hmm. think, because that's what they're going to go after. So they're going to they're going to try and chase the inflammation in the brain. I'm opposite. Let's, let's just stop the inflammation. Let's just stop the inflammation. Yeah. So there was that one study I think you're making small reference to um, where they actually looked and they took human intestinal tissue and then they took uh, a blood brain barrier tissue, so cadaver tissue, mm-hmm. and they did an impedance study where they soaked the tissue in some inflammatory they started and what they did is they took the normal tissue and then they did these different size molecules so one way to determine if somebody's having some leaky gut is that let's assume that our dung beetle here is a um is a certain whatever kill adult i don't even know what size they're but it's like they're really tiny right um and so they use these molecules where they can sit there and show and what they'll do is they'll soak the tissue and then the dung beetle can't get through, and so it just moves on. Then they soaked the tissue in inflama- typical inflammatory cytokines, sure. meaning the stuff that you're going to produce with all disease, TNF-alpha, interleukin-beta, like all these different things. CRP. CRP, yeah. you know, stuff like that. So they did it specifically. And then what they showed is the dung beetle went straight through. Right. So then they found the dung beetle on the other side, and he was going around. They're like, uh-oh. 
So then they did the exact same thing with the with the blood brain barrier. And the first time they went through, the blood brain barrier blocked it. They put it in the exact same inflammatory cytokines, and it just opened right up. And then he's having a little party. Well, the cells so, may be in two different locations, but they are very, very similar, both in structure and function, in the way that they protect what they're there to protect. So uh, it's not really that surprising. And you don't have to think that hard to understand that the blood is simply just a vehicle to spread markers all over the body and different parts of your body are going to respond in different ways. There is no, to my knowledge, there is no set assignment for a marker to only go in one direction down one vessel to reach one destination. It just goes everywhere until it lands where it's going to land. And so that's kind of how the brain gets affected. It's a gut is sick. It's yeah. kinda, I mean, if your gut is sick, chances are other parts of your body is going to be sick as well. It's um, so then this kind of gets into this part. So now we, we're having these discussions. Finally, we're finally seeing in the literature discussion about leaky gut, leaky brain. But we're what we're talking about is these things cause chronic conditions. Yep. And it seems to be getting worse. So I made either the mistake or a brilliant move. Um, I think a lot of people have talked about game changers. Yeah. Game changers. The um, and so I. Took it a step further because I was on uh, I was on hospital this whole week. My family's out of town, so when I had a moment, I was watching some Netflix, sitting on the toilet, you know, <laughs> texting, <laughs> texting. <laughs> no, um, I watched What the Health, and I think you had told me about this years ago. That one's a real kick in the gut, man. That one. <laughs> oh my goodness, that, that one's that. If you don't like Game Changers, don't watch that one. That yeah, that's worse. That one's next level. And the problem is, is that it's, there's just, a, and I get that there all of a sudden you got, I, I, I YouTubed afterwards and it's rebuttal after rebuttal and all this other stuff. But, you know, some of the stuff you're like, what if? Oh no. Yeah. What if? I love me. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, I, I will at least say this. I think that the Game Changers, for the most part, the producers and the writers, probably believe a lot of what they say. I felt like what the health was just engineered to mask. I mean, it, I felt like they were, they were bad DA withholding evidence through a lot of it. It just did not, it did not pass the smell test. I could see how it could, it could go around. So I had my annual doctor appointment this morning. Oh, okay. And so it's with, uh, it's with Kevin Wilson at smart wellness now. And he's a, he's a functional medicine practitioner. Mm -hmm. And so we, were, we, we, I was asking him about this. We we're going over my labs and everything. And, um, he is a strong, uh, I guess a paleo, uh, style, uh, you know, autoimmune paleo style lifestyle sure. kind of thing. He looks great. I mean, he's got no fat on him. His, and so we talked about his blood work and, you know, his typical diet is six eggs with ham and cheese in the morning. And then, um, some leafy greens with some, um, grass fed meat. And then he'll have a little bit of carbs, like a sweet potato with a smaller meal. And we are talking about his labs and his cholesterol is perfect and his, you know, insulin levels are perfect, his hemoglobin A1C. And then, so we started talking about different things. And I tried the whole plant-based diet, but I think I did it wrong. And I went and got all the, the fake packaged sausage and chicken and everything. And I got really inflamed. Sure. So I don't think my body went with that. Then we started talking about differences in his patients and what he's seen. And so he had um, two patients that went on the carnivore diet mm -hmm. and one's labs completely improved and the other one didn't change at all. Mm -hmm. And so you just start looking at these different, these different movies and stuff and you go, okay, what is, let's take a big step back, getting away from the whole thing of uh, plant-based slash veganism or carnivore slash paleo, you know, those are, I guess those are the, the, the diets that people will really be kind of passionate about because they're kind of on the extremes over here. And go, okay, is it possible that we're all genetically meant to have a slightly different diet? Is it possible that, you know, there's a lot of different. So, like, in my blood work, I'm very surprised. I My LDL has crept, crept up a little bit. Fortunately, my HDL is still real high. Yeah. My inflammatory markers are nothing. And so we're trying to figure out, well, why why did your cholesterol go up a little bit? Well, I, I do play around with my diet a lot. Like a lot. I'll, I'll, I'll go into extremes. You do. <laughs> Definitely. And I think it kind of throws my body for a little bit of a loop. But then it got me thinking. Um, I started looking at uh, different countries with the highest incidence of coronary vascular disease. Mm -hmm. And you look, and it's it's Russia, it's Germany, it's the U.S. And then you come down, and then there's Spain, Italy, Japan are the are the healthiest. Right now, is that crops? Is that lifestyle? Is that the the polyphenol content? You know, I always think the Mediterranean diet is really based on the polyphenol content. 
And then um, I watched uh, Patriot Act. Um, Patriot Act with, um, oh, we're going to have to look that up. Hassan, the comedian. Oh, this, yeah, the show. The, the show. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so I think the, his last show of the of the year was looking at how America's making other countries fat. Oh. And it really targeted one particular company. Really? Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. High fructose corn syrup, when they have shown that high fructose corn syrup um, is brought in, and some of these countries like China, mm-hmm. uh, Mexico, um, I'm trying to think of these other countries, but just uh, India, country after country that starts getting exposed to this, then that's like the window to come in, and then it ends up being that you have these fast food places and stuff like that. And without a doubt, everyone is definitely becoming more obese. So is it, and this all started, oh, this all, I did not know this. This is going to be blamed on Richard Nixon. As it turns out, yeah, when the economy dropped, and he goes in to explain it, obviously he's a super smart guy. Sure. uh, um, And he's funny, but he's really makes sense. Um, Yeah, he was describing that Richard Nixon did that for a bunch of different reasons. And um, Hassan actually says that. He goes, there's a bunch of reasons here for like, Economics. I won't get into them. If you want to pause it right now and write these down, you can. But it basically goes into why Richard Nixon did some sort of farming subsidy to allow the increased growth of corn. Okay. Yeah. And so it was some sort of subsidy to keep the economy up and all this other stuff. And so then they had this excess of corn that then became high fructose corn syrup, Mm -hmm. which then is in everything. Yeah. It is. That's where you start. That's I apologize earlier when I said that the triathletes take high fructose corn syrup. They take straight fructose which is the sugar in fruits. But once you convert corn to high fructose corn syrup, that may be the culprit. That's what's in all the sodas. That's what's in everything. It just got me thinking that if we're over here saying, oh, it's plant-based, it's carnivore diet, I don't know. But I do know that if you're opening a package, probably like what happened to me when I tried to do my whole vegan diet for a week where I was Trying to substitute, I was trying to substitute every meat that I would normally have with some sort of meat substitute. Yep. I got super inflamed. And yeah, I don't think it was toxins leaving my body. Probably not in every instance, but it seems like if things are compounded to withstand or extend shelf life, more than likely, it's probably not the best way to consume whatever it is you're eating. So I'll give everybody an update. What I'm going to do is I'm going to change my diet a little bit. I'm going to be actually I've. I just, I, you know, I just dabble in different diets and have, you know, fun with it and go on the extreme and whatever. And so Kevin and I talked, it's like, okay, we're going to, we're going to put you on an actual regimen. You're actually going to be a patient now and you're going to like actually do what I say. And so I had to laugh. I'm like, okay, I don't, <laughs> I don't really do that. <laughs> so we're going to see what happens. I mean, it's the good news. Um, you know, he's got, uh, he's got a lot of his patients where he wants to get their hemoglobin A1C below four. Oh wow, yeah, good. yeah. He doesn't even play around with that five, 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 six, That's five, awesome. seven range that a lot of people are happy to be in. Sure, um, he wants them below four, and uh, not really even looking at body fat and stuff like that because then what he's looking at is inflammatory markers, sed rate, CRP, uh, different things like that. And what is uh, really kind of interesting is that my cholesterol went up, and we were trying to figure it out. And what I have been doing which is a little bit of a curveball is, you know, I do intermittent fasting. Mm -hmm. Um, What could be, and then we looked at my genetic profile, I'm a um, cholesterol hyperabsorber genetically. So it, I may be the small subset of people that should probably have just strict three meals so that my body isn't absorbing. Cause you know, cause that first meal I'll just, yeah, sure. You know, and just ravenous. I don't know. It's just, it's, it's another little caveat. It just gets, it gets back to the whole thing that maybe there isn't one thing for everybody and everybody has to take a step back and maybe go see a really smart guy like that that looks at your blood work, looks at your genetics and says, okay, this may be better for you. Yeah, no, it it does make sense. We are all very much the same and also very, very different and all of that's okay. Um, there's another, I don't throw a uh, monkey wrench in this train of thought, but there's even a subset of folks that, talk about the natural eating should really mimic what is naturally available during the season where you're at for you to optimally be absorbing the right kind of nutrients. Like if you're eating a fruit that shouldn't really be available at that time of year, that probably isn't best for your body. I've not seen science behind it, but maybe there's something to it. I have no idea. That's a whole nother topic, but it's interesting because that's how a lot of people try to figure out how to get healthier. 
Dude, that's why anytime any celebrity comes out with a cookbook, somebody's going to buy it. Or anytime some new diet is because we have not figured out exactly what the ideal diet is. And I, I will give what the health credit that they did show that there is lots of lobbying, lots of money oh, yeah. to try and make Definitely. sure that our U.S. government, the FDA, the USDA, things like that, that are looking out for our best interest. Really, there's I was a little bit shocked to see the people that are. Um, funding some of these charities like the American Diabetic Association, the American Heart Association, and Susan G. Komen. Mm. A little surprised that, yeah. that, that there's a lot of money accepted from fast food companies and things They're like that. They're probably not really interested in the results, just more or less the continuation of lots of customers. Although I will say that for the right price, um, I could just see you and I a year from now and be like, Eric, this is the new Big Mac sponsored by McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so, partner. <laughs> I'm not going down that route. No, I, I almost died. Remember the time you were telling the whole story of you were trapped when you almost died? Yeah. Your near-death experience? Oh, on the on the rock? Yeah. Yeah. Where you almost got waved to death? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was almost the end of Marine Eye for sure. Yeah. And, uh, and I gave you my near-death story of wrong turn into a yeah. McDonald's drive through It was yours was scarier. <laughs> yeah. No, but I, I just, I don't, I don't see us being sponsored by McDonald's. I want you try this. If, if everybody gets a chance to do this, number one, uh, if you look up fasting, specifically a prolonged fast, uh, it's remarkably healthy for you on a cellular level. It's not there to lose weight. It's not there to do anything, but it's to turn your cells on when I'm fasting and I'm like walking by a TV I want to say 80% of the time, it's a food commercial. Yeah. It's pizza or hamburgers or fried chicken or something. Sure. Because I'm paying attention. I'm like, oh, I'm hungry. I'm like, wow. Just all the commercials visually are just coming at us with food. What's weird is it's more appealing to me to learn what restaurant or eatery uh, features a really good tasting salad with good lettuce. And I know that's not how I thought when I was a teenager. When I was a teenager, I wanted the fried chicken or uh, it, it every stopped me because fried chicken tastes great, right? I mean, it's it's good. But as I've gotten older and I my body doesn't just accept anything that I put into it anymore where I'm just happy, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners feel the same, I've been conditioned that I want to know where I can get a great tasting meal that's going to be healthy for me. So how long would it be until that becomes more of the norm and what – the advertising, uh, I guess the market is for people to, to gain attention because, and I only say that I feel like it's going to change 15 years ago, 20 years ago, especially you didn't have the restaurants like modern market, unrefined bakery, um, taco deli, which talks nothing about except for we have all organic ingredients for all of our tacos, but that stuff is becoming far more popular, far more popular here. Bella Green, things like that. Yeah, Bella Green. Let's go to Galveston. Let's go to Corpus Christi. Not much of that. So it's super unfortunate that there is, yeah. I think, in different socioeconomic climates, uh, your the options to eat. Where was I? That's just south of Oklahoma. I took Lucas to a tournament, and you uh, laughed. Wichita. No, was that right? Bob Burnett. Is that oh, right? Burke, Burke Burnett. Burke Burnett. Yeah. Yeah, I drove around trying to find a something to eat that wasn't a Whataburger. Yeah. And it, it, it was nothing. It's Brahms and Whataburger. Brahms and Whataburger, yeah. yeah. So in these you know in smaller communities, that's just not happening. And it's not like that there's anything wrong with an occasional Whataburger or an occasional Brahms drive through That's not the point. But that can't be your core diet. That can't be your only core offering. And I would like to be optimistic and think, okay, well, everybody else is eating great food at home when they're not eating out. But we know the stats. That's not really how today's people live. You just don't have options like that, though. Yeah, and that's how when when you see these extreme shows like that, whether it's plant based, when you have the exact anecdotal differences where people are strict paleo and they're in great shape and they're you know they've their cardiac calcium score is nothing and stuff. You're like, okay, well, wait a minute, you, you know. And so who knows? But it was just it 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 got me thinking, and I'm going to really try and focus a little bit harder on working on a few things, being a little more disciplined, and not being so reactive yeah <laughs> watch whatever show i'm watching and then it's uh watch joe rogan <laughs> we're going carnivore eric yeah <laughs> i love meat but i couldn't do that either yeah. i mean that, that would that would be really really hard who's it sean baker sean baker was the carnivore yeah guy he, he's all in him. and uh jordan peterson and his daughter to escape uh autoimmune issues went yeah. uh i think they're almost all carnivore in that right I'm, I'm no, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think they are. I would just be curious. 
um, you know, one of my friends, a cardiologist, Mordecai Klein, he uh, completely went plant based. He feels like it changed his diet as a as a cardiologist. One of the few cardiologists discussing that. We should have him on the show to talk about it. Yeah, I'd be interested in that. You know, I there's probably nothing wrong with taking a break from meat, but I just don't think that a long term diet for success for somebody exists without meat. But that's my opinion. I just don't think so. It sounds really hard. If you're taking a bunch of supplements just to make up for the uh, nutrients that you're not getting or the fact that they can measure what do they say they can measure a food by its certain protein content but the difference is plant-based protein is not nearly as bioavailable as heme protein from an animal in certain instances i mean it, that's important and there's all kinds of things with that that's what kevin and i were talking about today he said that if you eat raw spinach I think the iron is 30% bioavailable. Iron or protein, I don't remember what it was. But mm-hmm. once you saute it, it, uh, it releases things. And then it's more bioavailable. Yeah. Exact opposite of broccoli, for instance. If you want sulforaphane, once you cook it, that molecule dies. And that's a really super important molecule yeah. that we'll do a whole show on one time. Yeah, probably pretty soon. Because I'm a pretty, pretty, pretty big fan of sulforaphane. Yeah. Um, so this is the, the first start of the year. We covered... Uh, Pooping on toilets while using your phone. We covered Leaky Brain. Uh, Melanie Avalon's new app. That's uh, Let's say it one more time there. Go ahead and take a look at that. It's called the Food Sense Guide. Food Sense Guide. Melanie Avalon, give, it a, give her a review if you, if you download it. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think we're going to have some really exciting things. I think one of the things, what are your goals for 2020 regarding strictly this podcast? Strictly this podcast, uh, really everyone could help with this, and it's free. Like and share. Like and share. I want to see if we can't grow our audience by tenfold by the time that we talk at this point a year from now. Where do they like and share it at? You can go to KBMD Health and our new website, and you will see on uh, podcast, it, it takes you from the top straight down to the middle of the page. You can like and share us at YouTube, Gut Check Project. Same thing on iTunes. And I believe that soon on the website we'll have the other podcast availabilities like Stitcher, etc. They'll all be listed on there. You can like and share us at all of the platforms, but... We just want to get the free educational word out there to people so that, that hopefully there's a resource. And send your questions. Send your questions to us because we want to cover the topics that are meaningful to you. Where do they send their questions to? You can go to KBMD Health and go down to the podcast and you can see the form where you can send us a question, an inquiry, whatever, whatever you want. We get, we get them. We get questions about CBD, about polyphenols. Um, we had several follow-ups uh, from several months ago on photo uh, biomodulation on how do I get in touch with Dr. McKenna about stem cells? I mean, yeah. on and on and on. We want this to be a two-way street. We can give you service as well as our topics of, of education. So this is your podcast as much as it is ours. We're going to get into, the, I've, I totally forgot that the in a follow-up study where they showed the leaky gut, leaky brain, mm-hmm. then they soaked both of them uh-huh. in um, PEA and CBD, yeah. and it actually decreased the ability of our little uh, dung beetle to get through. So we do know that these natural molecules can actually help heal that inflammatory process. So there's a, we're just going to be doing a ton of stuff on the science of CBD. Let's make it so it's real, so people aren't just throwing out just random things, but we're basing it on some studies and some science and stuff like that. I personally want to, we are very fortunate Right down the road here is UNT, and I was doing some research. I was uh, looking at some articles, and I'm like, wait a minute. That says UNT right there. Then I found out there's a whole brain institute of scientific research. They got an anti-aging arm. They got an anti-inflammatory arm. They've got a social arm, like buildings, the whole departments. Is it UNT or UTD? UTD. Okay, good. Getting it backwards. Okay, good. Because that wasn't where you sent me the other day. I wasn't really sure. <laughs> you you were you, you went way north. Yeah. I was like, yeah, man, it's, it's it's right by the studio. There's nobody here. Yeah, and so one of our patients has already volunteered to uh, come on and talk, and he's got some cool stuff. It's uh, it's stimulating the vagus nerve so that you can yeah, actually huge. stop Parkinson's. Yeah, there's stuff like this that's going on, and it, uh, one of the reasons why I think that we want to get everything out there is hope. Oh yeah, people need hope. I mean, if you're frustrated and you're sitting there and worried about different things, there's stuff coming. For instance, like I'm now I have to actually have my readers kind of nearby once in a while because if the lighting isn't perfect, I'm just to that point. My sister over the holiday, Claudia, um, she had some dry eye thing, whatever, and her vision was going off. Oh, yeah. 
She went in and they put a bifocal lens in one eye. She's had glasses since she was like second grade mm -hmm. and a far vision in this one. Brand new lenses. Pow. Done. No contacts. No glasses. Done. And read up close and far away. So wow. this is different than Lasix. This is actually putting a new, which means she's completely protected from cataracts from That's, now on the rest of her life. Yeah, because she did the whole lens replacement. The whole lens replacement. Wow. So like, so like when I, I'm looking at these glasses going, oh, no, here it is. I'm getting old. I'm like, no, there's hope. Yeah. I'm going to go get my lenses replaced. Man, that's impressive. That's pretty cool. You didn't, you didn't tell me that from before. That's that's uh, good for her. Good for Claudia. Yeah, I actually went. Um, I surprised mom. I flew up for 24 yeah. hours in Omaha and uh, popped in and, and said hi to her. And we went and got her hooked up with a new computer. And I got her a Amazon Echo. And she's been playing music and stuff. So. <laughs> well, like and share us. Uh, Gut Check Project. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. So we sincerely appreciate all of the folks and certainly all of the feedback but like and share us with all of your friends and family. I think 2020 is going to be a big year for Let's us. Let's crush this year. Let's crush this decade. Claim the whole decade. Yeah. Let's just change the landscape of health everywhere. Let's grow this community. Let's help each other. I'm super pumped. And there's no health topic that's off the table. If we need to have something that's completely unrelated to gut health, trust me, we want to have the expert that appeals to you on the show. Yeah. Any questions? All right. Welcome to 2020. Right on. Episode, Episode 27. 27. Y'all take care. See y'all soon.